0: Hi, I'm Carolyn. And I'm Bethany. And we are Sisters in Song. Today we are welcoming the wonderful Paleface and Mo to our podcast. We are super excited to have them. Paleface is a prolific American songwriter and recording artist on tour with his Puerto Rican darling drummer Mo, in support of their new album, Beyond the Bell. The album was produced by Paleface, mixed by Grammy nominated engineer Jason Richmond, and mastered by John Greenham, who's received multiple Grammys, most recently for his work with Billie Eilish. Paleface was schooled by underground music icon Daniel Johnston and discovered at an NYC open mic by Danny Fields, who managed him for the next eight years. Paleface has released albums for Polygram and Sire Records and indie labels Ramster and Shimmy He is also an accomplished visual artist, and his bright and bold music-inspired paintings are collected by fans worldwide. Sort of Beyond the Bells, Paleface and Mo are touring as a high-energy, full-sound duo that incorporates acoustic instruments and electronic. Let's welcome Paleface and Mo to the podcast. Welcome on too here. here. How are you doing? We're really excited to have you. We're going to just talk to you about your music, your writing process, and and all things music because I like to say. Can you tell us first how did you get started in music? We kind of talked about it in the bio, but still, how did you personally get started in music and what got you interested in writing your own songs?
1: I think the beginning for me because I did not come from a creative family at all. <laughs> it was MTV and watching MTV and then I had a girlfriend in high school who was who always told me she was a mistake. So her she had all these older brothers who were 15 years 10 15 years older than her and they had left their records at the house so there was all these records from the 60s and 70s that nobody wanted except me i brought that she gave them to me and i discovered all this music that was not on the radio or not talked about you know it was just like a whole world of music except there was no there were no videos for any of those songs So I would make up videos for the songs in my head. And then that's slowly how I discovered that I was interested in being a creative person. That was like the very root. That was the very beginning of it.
0: What about writing your own stuff?
1: Well, then I gradually, I think I different things, you know, I heard. Because before that, it was kind of impossible. You you never could think that you could do anything like that. And then I heard Daniel Johnston and daniel's music was so raw i mean his he recorded everything on a on a little tape recorder like a a schoolroom tape recorder. One of those old things that had the buttons in the front, push it, and slide the tape in. That was how he made records. That just made it seem somehow accessible.
2: In your bio, you talked a little bit about, you know, working with other artists. Have you ever written songs for anyone else that they have gone on to record, or have you collaborated with anybody else?
1: Well, you know, there was like collaboration with the Ava's when we were doing Four Thieves. Here and there, I mean, I think Kim Kimmy Dawson and I, there was a series that they did in New York City where they would have two songwriters. Each of us would do a set and they would encourage two to get together prior to the show and see if they could write something. So I think Kimmy and I wrote a few songs together. But, you know, it's been kind of, you know, just because I've always kind of, that's been my thing. I haven't done too much collaboration with others.
0: We are trying to do songwriting or become songwriters, I should say. And so we work together pretty much all of the time. So it's interesting Mm -hmm. to hear how other people do that. What about your songwriting process? Do you use any prompts? Do you start with lyrics or music? Do you do both or does it just come to you?
1: Well, it's changed over time, I think. In the beginning, it was just, I would just write all the words and they just came really fast and put a couple chords to it. And that's maybe a very good way of starting anyway. But now it's it's become a lot more sophisticated for me, especially because I'm recording all the music. You know, I'm responsible for, you know, what's the drum beat going to be? What are the changes? What, you know, you're going to put keyboards, you're going to put bass on it. You know, there's many different aspects. So I think... Now I'm sort of doing the music first and maybe I have an idea or a phrase that comes to me while I'm making the music or seeing what it's going to be. There's a lot of a lot more tinkering involved. And I heard that also I've been listening to Shaky Gray's new music a lot. And I heard in an interview where he said he's doing that, too. You know, it's kind of, you know, because the early stuff was probably the same for him. He just kind of wrote it. And it was just, you know, I mean, I'm just guessing because it was just him on a guitar and he was banging on a suitcase. But yeah, it's like once you start getting into the music, then it's more tinkering. There's more tinkering involved and and you're looking for a meaning. I mean, you're always looking for a meaning, even if there's no meaning. I have a song like Styrofoam Cheeseburger, which really has (laughs) no meaning at all, but (laughs) does sort of have the illusion of meaning, I guess. I don't.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. Did you teach yourself how to play instruments?
1: Did I, I probably, yeah, I wish I had started earlier, but I didn't start until later. I think I was 19 and I was working in a gas station and I was pumping gas and I had flunked out of school. It was just a very boring job, just started banging on the table with pens and, you know, like. Drumming on the table and making up little phrases—that was probably the genesis of that. Just being bored and having to work,
2: and that led to other instruments. I know you play guitar. Are there other instruments that you play too?
1: I think guitar is really my main instrument. I don't re—I mean, I play a little bit of harmonica, and I play the other instruments that you see on the records. But I'm not really a musician in on any of those other instruments i'm just tinkering to to get some sort of hook or you know whatever the chords are okay what are the chords and try to figure out how to do it
3: well, he, he's been teaching himself how to play keyboard might a little
1: like, bit but i'm not
3: same with the bass i, mean, I, know,
1: all the, I know all the chords and stuff
3: you somehow managed to play them you know on the record
1: i'm not really i'm <laughs> really just i'm really just an acoustic guitar player who who loves to uh, make songs.
3: I'm just also, uh, I started on my own, self-taught in my, just like right after college. And I took um, lessons with a female drummer in New York City called Paula Spiro. And uh, she's still teaching.
1: Funk rock extraordinaire.
3: I had a female drummer's workshop in New York City and I was going to that. And that definitely helped me a lot. Learning music from somebody that knows (laughs) what they're doing is awesome. (laughs) Because a lot of the times, we just try to figure out stuff on our own, and it's just a lot tougher that way. (laughs) That's basically what we are. We're very raw. We're very, you know, we just kind of learn as we go.
2: Going back to the songwriting, in your songwriting process, do you ever struggle with anything? What's your biggest struggle during your process, and what comes easy to you?
1: I think it's like anything that's hard. You kind of, at the beginning, you're like, this is impossible. I can't do this. But you can't give up. If you give up, then you won't do it. But if you don't give up, a lot of the times you find yourself on the other end of it, you've got to sort of ignore that feeling. I think that's the same as learning an instrument. At the beginning, it's just impossible. I can't do this, you know. And a lot of people give up. I think songs, especially for me now, songs can be like that because I've written so many as well. I don't want to write. I don't want to write the same kind of songs I wrote in the beginning because I've already done that, and maybe that's just too easy for me. That that was just self-accompaniment anyway.
2: As an artist, you evolve too, so that totally yeah. makes
1: sense. You have to because you can't. If you don't, then. You're just, if you write a bunch of songs that you think are really good or that other, you write an album, say you're, uh, you know, like Bob Dylan, who wrote all these great songs. Now what? can't just <laughs> copy those songs because if you copy those songs, you're just going to end up with versions of those songs that are not as good. You've already done those songs. So now you have to find another, you have to find something else. You can't keep going in the same vein because time happens and you're a different person. You're not the same person. You're no matter what, you know, if you're starting out as an artist and you're living in a small apartment and you write all these songs and then became you know, within five years, you become this huge star or whatever. What do you do after that five years? You're in a totally different place. You're a completely different person in a different orbit. So you can't just think that you're going to write the same song.
0: Do you find that it's harder to perform older songs because of that? Or-
1: yeah, I, I definitely. I feel, that a, I feel that a lot. But then there's always those songs that are very durable, maybe a good way to write is as without trendiness as you can. And and sound too, because sound gets old. The thing about trendy music is sound gets old. So if your composition isn't good, it's going to fall apart.
2: Well, and you're writing from a different experience too. You've had so many different experiences between those times, mm-hmm. from your time living in the apartment to... Becoming a star five years later, you've lived through so much of life Mm -hmm. that you've got to write about something else that you know now instead of what you knew before.
1: There's an artist that I was following a while back. Her name was Grimes, and she's a very unique kind of artist. She doesn't play at all, which is something that's very unique about her. She can't play, but she makes amazing music. I remember when I was following a lot of what she was doing, she was doing interviews and sort of complaining that she was famous but not really famous enough to afford security this was a problem for her and then you know within a year or so all of a sudden elon musk is in in the picture and that is a completely different world her music changed a lot and she didn't make albums anymore and she just kind of i don't know what happened to her still releasing music but it's completely different it, it'll change no matter what and you've got to be aware of, you've really got to be aware of that Another thing that can happen, you know, because I'm an older artist, is once that initial thing that you loved is, okay, well, I've done that. Now you start, I can't do it again. I can't copy that. I can't, you know, what am I going to do? Maybe you go down an avenue of music that is curious to you, but you're not it's not like you're at your core you're you're being lured down this road you know by something sweet you may find yourself down that road too far and now you're like i i can't get back to that other place there's a lot of tricks and turns if you continue as an artist
3: how did you start working together you and mo we met in new york city and i started hanging out in the lower east side scene and pale was there and there were a lot of awesome songwriters in that scene and not a lot of drummers i had a, a day job and then i had this my nightlife you know and i was just going to shows and i got so inspired that eventually i bought a drum set and i had so many friends now that were all songwriters and, and they would invite me to their shows and then they're like hey mo's a drummer now so let's go jam at her apartment after for hours and then we just go hang out and that's how I started playing music because as a kid I loved playing music but it's like it's nothing that was in my family it was not in went to architecture school and just focused on you know getting a job and it was a time that I was looking for a creative outlet and I wasn't sure what to do, but and then I found this music scene and then I just rolled with it and eventually I got together with PF. He was part of that scene and Regina Spector and Nicole Atkins and there was a band called The Moldy Peaches with Kimia Dawson and I was just inspired. I'm like, these people are having fun.
1: Langhorne Slim, was Langhorne
3: there. Slim was <laughs> in this scene. Then eventually I started playing with PF and Delphaze and I eventually moved to the South and decided to tour full time. So we left New York and that's when we just started touring and we've been just doing it since then.
1: I had a rock band, but I had a side project, lighter music, more singer-songwriter kind of music. We could rehearse at her apartment. She had the drums <laughs> that set up there. So yeah, let's rehearse. And there was another guy who play who played with us. He played dobro and stuff. So yeah, that's really where we started playing together.
3: Much credit to PF because I was just starting to learn drums. Those two accepted <laughs> in the band.
1: It was a totally different thing. And it
3: was at that point that I was like. I'm going to get take some classes. And I, felt, I found Paula and I took some classes. I was going there mm-hmm. until we left and we moved mm-hmm. to North Carolina. That's when I stopped taking my lessons. But yeah, that's how I got started. And eventually this is what we do. This is all I do play shows book shows and speaking of that
0: tell us about your current album and your tour
1: well because we're kind of independent the the tour just it just goes and goes and goes there's not (laughs) it's not like a tour you know We if you get to you know i don't even know what the music business is anymore and a lot of people don't because what has happened but traditionally what would happen was you would make a record and the record company would have a release date and they would book a tour and you would go and do 30 shows in 33 days or something and come home and want to die because you were so tired, you know, but that was the traditional method. And then, you know, the more, successful the album would be you know maybe the more shows would be added and you keep going and going and there's the famous story you know the two-year Metallica tour where they ended up not being able they would have to have a meeting to have a meeting about changing a light bulb in the (laughs) rehearsal studio you know because it'll make you crazy and you look at James Brown and if you if you're on the road just forever like that you can really (laughs) it's a lot but we you know we kind of were back and forth back and forth so
3: yeah i was going to say about the album is is um your second self produced album yeah i i just hear the progression of your production right. skills and all that you know, because it's like a new art form for you. So it's a new
1: part of my art now.
3: And it's kind of, yeah. they influence your songwriting. And it's just like exciting to us to have like something that now feels like 100% ours. Cause we used to, he would write some songs and we would go record them somewhere else and we'd be on somebody else's stuff. As up. fast and as you could. Now it's kind of like he's just, you know, like writing and producing it at the same time. And, and we're like working out things and it just feels more authentic. And somehow it, we just, it makes us feel more comfortable or confident about everything, you know, about our own sound and our performance when we play the songs and and what we are selling, you know, like the music that we're putting out. I feel we feel more proud because it's more like I wanted it to sound. You yeah, there's no ideas.
1: there's no producer other than me, so yeah. it's all coming from my mind, and you know that's just been about four or five years now. So that's like a whole new thing. Two records in five years, I guess. And working on another one. We got a single coming out maybe within the next month and a half. It's being mastered right now by John, who you mentioned in the intro. And Jason. That's sort of my team right now, Jason and John. they do like really great professional work to make, to bring out all the colors and music. Right now, to me, if you want to think about songwriting, it seems to me that there's a bunch of young kids doing country music now that are just killing beautiful music, just really, really raw and really so much truth in that music. You know, it's, that just feels fresh to me. You know, if from Zach Bryan to yep. just some kids that I've been watching uh, on youtube that i don't even know or you know and i just wow those are great songs you know
2: we know that you are an artist and can you tell us a little bit about that and you too mo um do you do art as well and tell tell us a
3: little bit about that for our listeners doing all the painting and uh we well i had
1: some uh, friends in new york and they were heavily in the art world People that, you know, uh, were serious painters. They saw my destitute financial situation and said, you know, why don't you, you know, I'll give you give you some paints. Here's some canvas. See if you can paint something. Maybe we can sell some of these and get you some money. So that's that's really how it started. Well, you were still uh,
3: living in New York.
1: Uh, you know, 9-11 happened. Everything fell out of the art market just kind of was destroyed so that that was kind of put on hold then we got down here in carolina i still had all the paints and yeah, some we canvas left worried. and then it was mo's idea to paint a bunch of drum heads.
3: yeah i was like that i had drum heads give it a try you know we started painting on drum heads and then we would hang him on you know on stage or upstage stage around us and we were selling it i mean we left new york city and we uh, decided okay we're full-time musicians now you know we, we rented an apartment in north carolina and i was like okay i'm a booking agent now too i guess and i started booking shows and we were like okay we just dove in doing it all ourselves and then we're like okay well we gotta make money on the road what can we do we have art he can paint so that's how it started you can't
1: sell cds it's anymore sell CDs. it's not really a thing you can sell a few and most yep. of the people that buy them buy them just to help you out you know, they're more aware of what the situation is but it's not like who has a cd player i know i went to a friend i was in uh, uh dayton ohio we were there and i had a day off we had a friend who's a genius a hairstylist and she agreed to cut my hair she had some time so i went and i was like well what should i bring her i brought her a cd to her and she was just like what and kind of looked up and she was like yeah. I have a CD for and i was like you know it's kind of that's where it's at so what yeah. do you sell you got to make money you got to sell you can sell t-shirts and stuff like that and that's perfectly fine and we do that then you run out of those and those are right. you know 20 bucks a pop year 20 you know the the original art if we sell two or three of those a night, that's amazing.
3: We were selling them for uh, on the website also. Yeah, we're uh,
1: on the website. <laughs> Got a request about an hour ago from somebody to.
3: That's right. Sometimes people so. just order and they special requests, so we do those as well. And I'm always just trying to like keep up with him because he does. He's very creative. He's always writing. He's always painting. And then I'm the one that sometimes falls behind, so I'm trying to keep up. Maybe you
2: kind of already answered this, but does your art influence your music, or vice versa, or does <laughs> it kind of go hand in hand?
1: Yeah, well, there are there are definitely comparisons. I was thinking the other day, how weird it was that when you're a painter, you spend a lot of time just staring at the canvas, you know, like you'll paint some stuff and you'll be in the middle of your painting and you'll spend and I've heard other like, you know, really serious painters because I'll, I'll watch their interviews, and look at what they've done. They spend a lot of time just looking at the canvas because they're kind of like well you know if i do this it'll mess it up or you know there's all that kind of stuff but also like what do i do what else what what's what do i do in this canvas and i found that music is a lot like that for me too i'll listen over and over again as i'm trying to find lyrics or where do the lyrics go so i spend a lot of time just listening to the track in the same way that i Spend a lot of time just looking at the canvas. There, there's that's a similar parallel that I discovered. Unless you have an initial spark, and music yeah. can also be the initial spark. It can be a couple chords. You know, if you're humming something to yourself, or you have a riff that can be the first drop on the paper. Is that little musical line that you come up with and you start humming to yourself or whatever. So it doesn't necessarily have to be starting with lyrics. You can. There's mil- a million ways to do it you know, David Bowie used to cut up lyrics. He would have a bunch of song lyrics and he, he, Found this old style of I I'm not sure if it was a Dadaist thing or whatever it was, but he would take the lines in the song and cut them all separately and then rearrange them. I've even seen a, a we we saw this program on songwriters I think it was in Nashville and there was a Nashville guy that was doing the same thing. He just had each line a complete sentence and then he would rearrange the lines to see how does this make sense? Does it make sense if I put this? line here and this line here you know there's so i mean there's really in art there's and in, in songwriting there's all these rules and laws that you can learn that can help you but in the end and often none of them can help it's like a yin and yang thing and it's very frustrating because you can know all those things you know you can know oh verse chorus verse chorus bridge out and that can help you Sometimes or and okay. and then you can and if you don't follow it because you don't want to follow it, you know, that can be a problem, too. Now, what do I do?
0: So we have three questions that we ask everyone that we talk to. Who would you say are your influences?
1: Well, I have a lot of influences ever changing. I think right at this second, I would say uh, I love the shaky graves, his new record a lot. And just people that I mentioned, I think Zach Bryan and some of these kids on YouTube, there's a kid, Chris Hunt Jr., who has a song called leave the devil be which is unbelievable and he sings with a buddy brandon edwards who's a really good guitar player and he's a good songwriter I, I don't know these guys they're just kids who are on youtube and starting out i i think i know nothing about them but i love their songs
3: This is just a lot of music like maybe uh
1: the new stuff that 10 i'm years ago
3: to, you would have said taming paula i would have said, said kevin
1: parker and grimes but- and
3: but mm-hmm. like, but like when you started, you probably would have said Daniel Johnston, oh, you know, what I, mean? so
1: I, like- I started and, and Paul McCartney said the same thing when he started you. You copy the people that you love. And eventually, if you're meant for it or whatever, if you do it long enough, it, it eventually just turns into you, you know. So, like, that was my beginning. I started copying Dan. And and Beck was the, Beck started copying me because he saw <laughs> something in me that he liked. You know, that's the family tree. But that's what you do. That's find that artist that, you know, at this point, I'm not really a copier anymore. Um, I'll just steal something. I'll just flat out steal. It. And maybe it'll work and maybe it won't. I'm always looking for artists that I haven't heard that can inspire, feel fresh.
3: That's a better word, because when you say steal. Yes.
1: Well, I steal all the time. <laughs> I love like, if you on. steal, here's the thing about stealing. If you steal something and it sounds exactly like what you've stolen it from, you haven't created anything to make it different. That's all yeah. there is
2: to it. Do you have a favorite? lyric or song and what is it or and why and it could be your own lyric it could be a lyric from long long ago or something that really just stands out to you i know it's really hard
1: favorite lyric by me or by anyone
2: past or present
1: favorite lyric or song well how about a okay so here's one i i mean i probably got a million i could do a million of these you know how about how about this one everybody wants to rule the world That's perfect tears for fears but maybe not everyone knows that that was stolen from a clash song off of sandinista out. their their third their three album three record release which i used to have and i lost i think I, someone stole it at a party or something i used to give these big parties in new york and i would lose albums I, you know like <laughs> two weeks later i'd be like where's that sandinista oh man yeah. and the, the story is that um joe strummer saw roland forget his last name the guy who The Tears for Fears guy, Roland, uh, his last name escapes me now and said, hey, you owe me a fiver. Roland gave Joe Stromer five bucks stealing that line. (laughs) (laughs) five pounds or whatever paid five quid for everybody wants to rule maybe just that's my favorite because i just love that story
2: i love that story too thanks for
0: sharing that so what advice would you give to new songwriters or musicians
1: i would say find an artist that you just love and copy it just like we were saying before make it your own no no i don't even i think that's even maybe too much that could maybe come without doing anything you might be able to just like immediately be that person, but copy, start out copying someone. You won't be able to do it anyways. You won't be able to copy them exactly anyways. So see where that leads you. See if that leads to any, an easy way to know if, if the road opens up from there or there's turns that you can go down or, or whatever, you know, Oh, okay. I can, I can do that. I didn't know that you know because you don't know at the beginning well how do you know you don't know because you've never done it so that's a good way to start
2: part of our pod, we've come to the part of our podcast where we want you to do a shameless plug tell us where we can hear your music where we can see you live um, next
3: stops on your continuous tour yes yeah the thing is that we're doing it all ourselves including the driving and, yeah. and oh, everything God. is so limited i'm booking the shows and um yeah,
1: if anybody out there wants to help us book shows we are yeah all ears yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: right now i'm just going with the flow and we're just doing what we can and um best way to find us uh, our music or anything our art anything about us is to go to our website which is pelfaseonline.com and from there you can find our social media links and and everything else. Um, there's other pale faces out there that keep popping. So that's a good way to start. If you go to our website, then you'll find the right Instagram and the right, you know. Yeah,
1: there's like some metal guys. So if you see like that type of style, it's not us. It's very <laughs>
3: different. We're on Facebooks, so Instagram, all of the. We have our first Florida tours since pre-COVID coming up, and we have shows in North Carolina and in the East Coast. Thank you so much for visiting thank today. Thank you. We
2: uh, appreciate it. We're excited that we got
0: to hook up with you. And, yeah. And, I mean, such valuable information. We will we are taking it to heart as we speak, but yeah. All right, well, you good much.
1: luck. <laughs> good luck. You. If I see you in a restaurant, you're going to owe me a fiver.
0: I know I say this every time, but interviewing Paleface and Mo was probably one of our favorite interviews. They are uber creative and just amazing people. You should check out Paleface online.com and support their music and art and their tour we can't thank them enough for being part of our show if you like this podcast please share it with your friends and family and on your social media if you're a musician and you would like to be interviewed we would love to talk with you please email us at nashville hot chicken music at gmail.com we'll look forward to hearing from you and hope that you all will look forward to hearing from us Thanks for listening to Sisters in Song.